Good morning, Westchester. Uh, I have the uh, privilege of inviting up our speaker this morning, uh, Marcus, uh, who grew up part of this church. It's always fun to have him back, and um, I have had the opportunity to be with Marcus and his wife, Shannon, in a couple different contexts, getting to watch them do what they do. They're based out of Florida, and they travel kind of all over the world um, training people to use audiovisual resources that tell the story of Jesus in about 2,000 languages. Is that, is that what it is? And so uh, we're pleased to have them with us here this morning as they uh, uh, speak to us during our Global Partners Conference. Let me, let me pray for you, Marcus, and then uh, we'll, I'll hand it over. Heavenly Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for Marcus and Shannon and, and their ability to, to travel up here. Um, and Lord, as uh, they've experienced as much or maybe even in some unique ways more than us with the disruption that this year has brought, but that we also thank you for their experience of your faithfulness in it. Lord, we pray that your, your Holy Spirit would guide Marcus as he challenges us from your word and instructs us from your word. Open our hearts to what you would have for us. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks, Pastor. I appreciate it. Well, it's really nice to be with you. Um, yeah, uh, disruption. I think we've all been disrupted in this season, but when you are a, a traveling missionary who travels globally, <laughs> it's definitely a disruption. Um, let, me, um, let me read the passage that we're going to be looking at. That song was a, a fantastic lead-in to, to what we're going to discuss from God's Word today, and uh, I, I think you'll see that in this, but um, if you're taking notes, there's some notes in your U version. If not, I'll try to keep you on track, but let me first read Psalm 67. I'm going to read from the ESV, and uh, then we'll just share some thoughts about uh, what I think uh, God would have us to take from this passage. Okay, Psalm 67, to the choir master, with stringed instruments, a psalm, a song. May God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face to shine upon us, that your way may be known on earth, your saving power among all nations. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. Let the nations be glad and sing for joy, for you judge the peoples with equity and guide the nations upon earth. Let the peoples praise you, O God. Let all the peoples praise you. The earth has yielded its increase. Our God, our God, shall bless us. God shall bless us. Let all the ends of the earth fear him. So, if you uh, do have your notes, or you see, I entitled this path or this message, uh, "Making God Famous," and I I was thinking about famous people as I I did that. And uh, if you know me at all, uh, you know that sometimes I can live in the past, and I love thinking about uh, where I've come from, where I've been, where God has brought me, and coming back to my hometown, my home church makes me really think about the past. And as I was working on uh, this message, uh, an image came to mind of um, during my, my middle school and high school years, my mom went back to work. And some of you know my mother. She, uh, she was a hairstylist at a, at a salon here. And um, uh, during middle school and high school, for whatever reason, you know, from time to time, my brother and I would drop in on the, the hair salon where she worked. And it was always quite an image, um, but you walked in and there were, you know, all these ladies getting prepped and getting their hair curled and cut and colored and all this stuff and, you know, rich chemical smells. And, um, but one thing was a fixture in their hair salon and it was the TV in the corner. 
And the TV in the corner always had uh, either a soap opera or like one of those gossip shows like Lifestyles of the Rich and Famous. Do you ever remember that? Um, or something like that. And uh, as I was thinking about making God famous, that image came to mind as I thought about um, these women getting their hair done, trying to look as absolutely best as they can, and thinking about the famous people and the rich people that were displayed on the TV, and that, that there was a little bit of a disconnect there. Um, you know, these, these ladies, super nice ladies, but very average, somewhat maybe trying to look like the, uh, the rich and famous on TV and, and how maybe that was never going to happen, but they were sure trying. And uh, famous, they're, they're great ladies. They were awesome. They were just not going to be like the famous ladies. And as I think about um, God and making God famous, it seems like such a strange thing to, to talk about making God famous because I think of that TV show. And yet I think that's what the psalmist is hinting at here in this passage. In, in many ways, um, Psalm 67 couldn't be more contrary to what we think about when we think about reason. Here we have the perfect God, the creator of the universe, the one with all power, all resources, and yet somehow he's entrusted us as his created ones, very finite, broken, you know the issues in your life, I know the issues in my life, and yet he's entrusted us with the task of making him famous. It seems like someone would be better suited to that, right? But no, that's not what God has said. So let's dig into this a little more deeply. I'll make my case, and, and you can see if there's a, a connect at all. But So some background so we can get on the same page. Um, psalms are just, and, and it indicates here, it says, with stringed instrument, a psalm, a song. So not all songs, not all psalms were necessarily songs. A lot of them were sung, um, but they were, they were poetic songs inspired by God to teach us something about him or to praise him for who he is. And so Psalm 67 just really employs in Old Testament terminology the logic of what we call redemptive history. We, here we see God's plan for redeeming human beings out of the sin into eternity and, and a perfect relationship with him. So as you, as you look at Psalm 67, um, I, I see really three kind of characters mentioned here in the psalm. I see us, and to the, to the psalmist, to the original author, that would have been the, the faithful community of the followers of God. Um, and the New Testament extends that to us as, as believers in, in God through, through Jesus. So his people. So us or his people is one of the characters. Then we, of course, see God here. And then we see um, a third character, and I think that's all nations. He says, peoples, nations, ends of the earth. So we got three characters. We've got us, God, and, and all nations. So as we look at any, any passage of scripture, I think we need to consider what does God want to teach us, and how is he going to do the things that he says he's going to do? Um, there's four things I think God wants us to learn about himself here. Uh, he says in verse 2, he says that your way may be known on earth. So I think God wants to be known. He says in verse 3 and verse 5, he says, let the peoples praise you. Oh God, let all the peoples praise you. So God wants to be known. He wants to be praised. And then if you look at verse 4, he says, let the nations be glad and sing for joy. 
there's this concept of that he wants to be enjoyed in the world. God wants, ultimately, that he would be enjoyed. Um, and that even refers back to the song that we just sung, let the nations be glad and sing for joy. And then the fourth thing, I think, is that he wants to be feared. Ultimately, at the end of this passage, it says, God shall bless us, let all of the ends fear him. And that's the, the biblical concept of reverence for God. Or He wants to be feared properly. He wants to be revered or worshipped for who he is. So four things I think we see initially about God. Uh, he wants to be known, praised, enjoyed, and feared or revered. Okay, now let's look at, um, really quickly, what would God have for us in this passage? If you're, um, if you're following the, the logical flow in this passage, and you'll see this in your notes, I think the first thing that we see that God wants us to learn is that he, as God, wants to bless his people. In first one, um, you see the psalmist asking God to do something. What is God, what is the psalmist asking God to do? May God be gracious to us and bless us and make his face to shine upon us. So he expresses, then, he, then later in six, he comes back and he says, God, our God shall bless us. God shall bless us. So first he's asking God to do it. And then he's saying at the end that he does do it. And he's, he's going to bless us. He wants to bless us. He's going to bless us. So what does blessing mean? Well, when I think of that, here's my active imagination of hair salons going again. But I, I, I think, um, I don't know if you've ever flipped on TV in the afternoon. Here's TV again. I don't actually watch that much TV. But um, you'll oftentimes flip through the channels and you'll see like a televangelist uh, preaching, you know, oftentimes very, uh, very uh, adamantly. And um, you often hear televangelists, or they get a bad rap for this, not all of them are like this, but they, they're like, if you give to our ministry, God will bless you in proportion to what you give to your minis- our ministry. And that seems almost to be the focus of their of their, um, of their mantra or whatever. And I, I don't think that's what blessing here means. Um, and and I, I've seen that. Um, Chuck indicated that we, we travel a lot, and we do. And in, in West Africa, it's really common to, to drive into these huge church compounds where you see the, the bishop or the head of the church living in a, a house as big as this auditorium with, you know, Hummers and Cadillacs and Mercedes parked out. And, and those pastors will literally say that God has blessed them with all of this material wealth because they have this secret insight into who God is. I don't think that's what the psalmist is saying here either. So what is he saying? Um, what does it mean to be blessed by God? Well, in verse 1, there's this idea of of any original hearer, any Jewish reader of this would automatically think of number six, which is sometimes called the Aaronic blessing, but it's where Moses blessed Aaron, and he says, um, may your face shine upon us. Well, what does that mean? That's tied to blessing somehow. Well, in the, in the ancient Near East, if you, if you look at this concept of face shining, it was almost always an indication somehow of, of a God's favor. So whether you were 
Mesopotamian and you worshiped Mesopotamian gods or whether you worshiped the true God of the universe as a Jew, face shining was a super common idea or expression that was used. So the original hearers would have understood what that meant. Sort of like, um, um, have you ever heard the, the phrase beating a dead horse? If I said, oh, I don't want to beat a dead horse, you'd probably know what I meant, right? But if you were a second or a third or fourth language English speaker, you'd have a hard time understanding why would I want to beat a dead horse? That doesn't make any sense. But to native English speakers, that just, that just makes sense. Face shining would have been similar, I think, to the original hearer. They would have understood that the idea of face shining was God's, God's turning his face towards his creatures to bless them or to, to shine good things on them. Um, materially, spiritually, um, with good health, all those kinds of things. And that's the biblical concept of blessing. Face shining, blessing, good things coming to those who follow him. So the psalmist is asking God to do those things. And then then the psalmist at the end of the passage is saying that God has done or will do that. So there's a promise here. So the, the blessing really means the experience of God's salvation in all of its fullness, in all of those ways. Um, <laughs> well, there's hardly a conversation that happens right now where the coronavirus doesn't uh, get mentioned, it seems like. And I don't know what 2020 has been like for you, um, but I, I think our family is pretty ready to have 2020 just move on. Um, I, honestly, there's been a lot of times this year where I haven't felt super blessed about uh, the situation that I'm in. And I was having one of those days last week, and Shannon can attest to this, um, that I was just, I was kind of down on everything. So tired of this. I'm tired of meeting people through video screens. I'm tired of, you know, like not just being able to go and, and do what I used to do. And um, I was thinking through this passage in preparation for today, and it was almost as if I got a moment of like, Oh, yeah. And so I sat down with a piece of paper, and I, and I quickly thought, you know what I need to do? I just need to write out some things and some ways that God has blessed me. And I took a piece of paper, and I just started scribbling on it. And in five minutes, I'd, I'd filled it up, and I was still going. I still had all kinds of ideas. And, and God used that exercise really to change my perspective on, on what I was thinking, reflecting on the, the ways that he had blessed me, quickly jerked me out of my kind of my selfish um, thinking and onto what was more important. Oh no, I have food. I have a, a great house to live in in Florida. I have air conditioning. You know, I, like things that I don't even need that he has so blessed me with. And, and I, I think he has a way of doing that, of turning our, our emotion towards reality. And I think that's what the psalmist is saying here. God has blessed us and, and God will continue to bless us. So, psalmist tells us that God blesses his people. Secondly, if you're following along in your notes, as we receive God's blessing, it causes us to be truly glad in him. And I think we see that in verse 2. He he asks that God's way may be known on earth, his saving power among all nations. And there's a a fun implication, I think, here in the logic between verse 1 and verse 2. How will the the things that the psalmist asks God to do in verse 1 lead to his way being known in all the earth and his saving power among all nations? Well, look at verse 6. 
the NIV actually translates this a little bit better, um, makes it a little bit more clear. But the NIV says, the land yields its harvest. God, our God, blesses us. So I think what he's saying here is that as, as God causes the land to produce harvest, as God blesses us or provides what we need, ultimately, then the, end, the ends of the earth will fear him or revere him. His ways will be known on the earth. So just like in that exercise that I did, as, as you and I recognize how God has provided for us, I think he, he uses that to align our purpose or our will with his purpose. And he gives us spiritually things, emotionally things, physically things that will help us to make God known or make him famous. I, uh, I've been really, really, really challenged by this recently. Um, I, I really love to solve problems. It's like one of my favorite things to do. Um, that's a blessing and a curse. Uh, sometimes Shannon just wants to be listened to, and I, I immediately like dive into solving all of her problems, which ultimately I can't really do. But um, for the for the two first two months that we were kind of in lockdown, we had a really limited social circle. It was really two neighbors next to us, and really our kind of our extended family. And most of our extended family was, uh, you know, through FaceTime or whatever like that. But um, I I. I was really challenged that I needed to trust God to change my attitude and focus because if I was just complaining all day about all things bad about the coronavirus pandemic, how was I going to make his name known to my very limited social circle or to my wider social circle as I interacted on on FaceTime or on Zoom or whatever? And I, I think... First Peter tells us something similar. Peter says in first, Peter says in First Peter three, he says in verse fifteen, but in your hearts honor Christ the Lord as holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks for the reason for the hope that's in you. Yet do it with gentleness and respect. Kind of hit me in the chest. In the context of First Peter, I think Peter is telling believers who are experiencing persecution way more than anything I've experienced in the coronavirus to be focused on being Christ-like and having opportunity to talk about Jesus. And I think the psalmist here is telling us something similar, that God, as God aligns our perspective with his, he's going to give us opportunity to make him known around the nations. And that's point two. I think as, as we receive God's blessing, it'll cause us to be truly glad in him. And then my final point, um, Thirdly, it's just that when we are glad in God or when we experience the fullness of his blessing, we will just want to spread that to the, to the nations, that gladness. Way back in Genesis 12, if, uh, if you've read through the book of Genesis, it's kind of the first indication of what God wants to do. Well, I think you can see it in creation too, but it's really clear in Genesis 12. And... and uh, Genesis records this. It says, Now the Lord said to Abram, Abram, go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. And I will make of you a great nation. And I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. Hear the same language there? I will bless those who bless you and him who dishonors you I will curse. And in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So the hearer of Psalm 67 
would have had that in his mind as he was thinking about it. Because he would have been thinking, oh, God all along wanted us, Jewish people, to bless the world, and that ultimately was through Jesus. And so I, I think as God blesses us, he uses us to bless the nations. Mark, um, Mark Futado, the Old Testament scholar, says um, of Psalm 67, let me read this to you. He says, the rich blessing enjoyed by God's people will be observed by people from all over the world. These people will in turn become part of that people who live in reverent worship of the true and living God. So the point of this passage is that all people would come to revere God or to fear him or to know him or to love him as he intended everyone to know him. And he will do that through us, his imperfect people, proclaiming the truth of, of the gospel. Paul says it similarly in Galatians 3. He says, Scripture foresaw that God would justify the Gentiles by faith and announced the gospel in advance to Abraham. All nations will be blessed through you. So those who rely on faith are blessed along with Abraham, the man of faith. What is God doing? He's bringing the world together in Jesus, and he was doing it back here in Psalm 67 and even before that. So God blesses us, his people, so that our gladness in God will make him famous, so that he'll spread that blessing to all the nations, so that they would know him, so that they would praise him, so that they would enjoy him, so that they would fear him. So as I think through, what, what does God have for, for me from, from Psalm 67? What does he have for us? What are we supposed to take from that or learn from that or know it? And, and I, I think if the end goal is God shall bless us, let all of the ends of the earth fear him, then my point needs to be that I, we, as his church, are to make him famous. We're to take the blessing that we've got from him, all of those things that he's given us, salvation, material blessings, health, all of those things. We take those and we proclaim those things to the world. Um, I don't know how you are, but um, I'm married to a wonderful woman who is a fantastic evangelist. She just exudes Jesus to everyone she meets. But one of the things that, that God has done is he's given her not only ability to exude Jesus, but an ability to exude anything that she likes. I think that's what makes her a good evangelist. So if there's a product she likes, if there's a service she likes, she is, she is almost as evangelistic about that as she is about the gospel. Um, so just ask her what are some of her favorite things and she'll, she'll go off and tell you. Um, but that's what this is supposed to be. It's just supposed to be just a natural extension of God has blessed us with these things. How can I not tell someone about that? And so as I was thinking through that, I, I was really kind of wrecked by this passage this week of going, how much have I been focused on all of the things that I don't have? I have to wear a mask. I have to, you know, whatever it is. And yet what God would intend is that we focus on all of the things, which the blessings that we've received far outweigh the, the difficulties that we experience. How do we take that and make the, make the blessing of God relevant to the world? One last thought I'd have as we consider, as you consider what God would have you to do with this. Um, Jesus taught his disciples about prayer in Matthew 6. It's probably the most quoted, most known, and sometimes most taken for granted passage of scripture. 
But in, in Matthew 6, he's teaching his disciples how to pray. And he says, then this is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, listen to these words, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. What's he doing there? He's saying the same thing that Psalm 67 is saying. How do we make God famous? He's saying, well, when we pray, we ask God to do that. And, and John Piper summarizes this passage and really this whole concept of Psalm 67 really well in his book, Let the Nations Be Glad, if you've read that. Um, it, it's a good work. Piper says this, he says, Jesus's primary concern, the very first petition of the prayer he teaches his disciples is that more and more people and more and more peoples come to hallow God's name or revere his name. This is the reason the universe exists. Missions exists because this hallowing does not. So when you think of your neighbors, you think of the people that you Zoom with or work with or whatever, whether it's your social media community, the, the person who lives next to you, someone who you work with, a family member, someone half a world away, what does he want us to do? Well, I think he wants us to make him famous. So let, let's take the blessings that God has given us and let's communicate those to a world that desperately needs it now more than ever before. And that's his command to all of us, not to just those of us who are professional missionaries. Psalm 67 is for believers in Jesus, the community of the faithful, the followers of Christ. So that would be my prayer, that you would take the challenge that God has given us and extend his, his blessing to the nations. Let me pray, and then uh, I'll have a few more thoughts. Jesus, thanks. Thank you for the challenge that um, you have given us from your word, that you want so much for your name to be known, for you to be famous, and that some, for some reason in your perfect economy, you... Um, you decided to use us to do that. And uh, God, I'm, I'm not up to the task on my own. I need your Holy Spirit to, to change me, to make me, to daily, moment by moment, give me different perspective so that I can extend the blessing that you've given me to the, the needy world around me. And so in this time of incredible political and social divide, would you help us, your church, to be a light to the nations, the nations among us, the nations half a world away, wherever they are, and use whatever means you've given us, whether it's our mouths or social media or the telephone or whatever media to, to proclaim the truth of the gospel and extend the blessings that you've given to us. We're so thankful for you. In Jesus' name, amen.